0: All right. Well, welcome to Simper Sometimes with Benny. So, um, I got another uh, fellow Marine on the episode with me. Um, he had hit me up on, on Messenger, saying, "Hey, man, there's some stuff that I want to talk about. You know, Marine Corps recruiting duty wise, um, and also, you know, probably get into the, some other stuff too." Um, so without further ado, welcome. How the hell Thank are you me?
1: for? Uh, Let me do this. I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm out here in uh lovely 29 Palms, California. Uh enjoying every minute of it. So no doubt, man. So are you off the duty now? Yeah. Yeah. I got off the duty in uh May of uh 21 after uh 42 months. Um yeah, uh I got off the duty went back to the fleet. Um and I went went to June. Um and then I'm out here for uh for school right now. So uh getting ready to wrap up here soon and go back and continue being a, a fleet Marine. Thank God. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's it's, So one of the things that we'll definitely get into is just the transition piece. Um, because like I have a buddy, a lot of bunch of buddies of mine who just, you know, got back to the fleet and some of them, like one of my boys, he's going to come on and talk about it. Uh, but one of my buddies, he's like, he's really affected by it. He, he's like, bro, uh, I'm a staff now. I'm like really not needed. Like, you know, like I'm like on the other side of the spectrum, like, you know, and and for him, it's he's he was just talking about like anxiety, depression. Like he's kind of fucked up because like he went from doing something every day at all times on recruiting duty to now the opposite where no one's like, hey, where's this? And now he like he, he pretty much he's kind of talking about like his sense of purpose doesn't feel as needed as he was for the past three years on recruiting duty.
1: No, that makes perfect sense, and uh, I think I kind of looked forward to that at first. Like, oh my, kinda <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to just not like be like on call twenty. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I could definitely see that um, when I first got back. Um, you know, you get off at fifteen hundred, and you're just like, oh my god, what what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time i'm here you know and uh it's kind of hard too. um it's almost like stockholm syndrome you're just you're just so used to and you're just so in love with uh just being worked you know what i mean yeah and so i found things to replace um the gap of work i guess you'd say um so i got i just started gymming more, started to take care of myself. Uh, I rolled like three different PMEs, st- stuff like that, just, just to yeah. fill the time. Um, but yeah, the, the transition piece was difficult at first, just because you're just so used to, like you can't switch it off, you know? Um, and I think that's with any sort of uh, sales environment too, in the civilian side, I'm sure yeah. they experience the same thing. Yeah. Um, you just always turn it and going. Yeah. um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a very difficult transition. It was just uh, if I'm not careful, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, either a work myself to death in the fleet to replace that, and then the Marines are gonna get affected by it, and they're gonna hate me, you know. Or uh, yeah. I can I can find things to to satisfy uh, boredom, I guess.
0: <laughs> so where are you at? Um, oh, by the way, we didn't even introduce you name wise. What, yeah. what?
1: Who are you? <laughs> so I. I'm a Staff Sergeant Kelson Epperson. Uh, I'm uh, I recruited in uh, RS Albany up in upstate New York. Oh, sure. um, and I was at uh, RSS Finger Lakes, which is in that's um, middle of nowhere. Uh, it's actually pretty pretty good spot. Not gonna lie, um, I, I miss it quite a bit. Uh, yeah. The location, at least, um, it's the uh, they call it the wine country of the East. It's kind of, kind of ritzy. Uh, but also kind of country, you know, it's, it's got everything you'd want or need there. Um, it's cold, uh, about nine months out of the year. It's, uh, yeah. it's so pretty chilly. Who was your, was Master Guns Patriarchist your boss? Was yes, he the he R.I.? He was the R.I., yes, he was. So how, how was that? Uh, great. Yeah? <laughs> I genuinely, uh that guy is a a genius he's very very passionate I'm sure you obviously know that uh very very passionate but he's just I mean I remember to this day uh I got a really good memory and uh January 2018 we were to all hands I think that was like his first all hands with, with the RS and he came in and number one he said uh we're gonna write 110 contracts the next month and I was just like oh my god like Albany we're like 44 strong like you know, 30,000 mile square mile radius. Like we're, we're, there's no way, you know, we're, we're struggling to make 80. Um, and then he, he followed it up with this statement It stuck with me for the rest of my time on the streets. And it was, uh, there are people out there trying to cure cancer right now. We just want you to put names on packs. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it really is that yeah. easy. You know? Um, yeah. yeah, I, there, I mean, obviously, uh, there were times where, uh, you know, he'd get turned up a little bit, you know, and he wasn't afraid to, to, um, We'll just say he wouldn't coddle you, you know, Yeah. Um, but I genuinely uh, enjoyed and I still talk to him to this day. Uh, I genuinely enjoyed uh, working for him and being trained by him because he's he's very intelligent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was my. So when I joined the Marine Corps, he was I when I um, when I walked in the office, to do my job, my interview, my job interview. to when I walked in the office as an 18 year old kid, he was the staff and COIC of the office. That's awesome. And uh, he wasn't even if I'm correct, he wasn't even 8412 yet. And oh. um yeah, or he had just become a 12. I don't remember. Where like because he I, I gotta I gotta ask him at that time. But yeah, so I walked in. Um he was the first understanding I had of a gunnery sergeant. Um, yeah. you know, he was like blasted me. Like I turned around and like when they when they asked me, you know, do you wanna be a Marine? And I was like, yeah. He was like, what the fuck did you just say? You know, and that and that's literally until this day. I say that the whole time. Like, he is the reason. Like, my recruiter was cool, but if I had gone into that office that day and Master Guns Pat wasn't there, I probably wouldn't have joined the Marine Corps. Like, no lie. Like, I, I would have been like a soft sail. I would have been like, yeah, that's what I said. That's literally what I said. I was like, yeah. And then, like, I would have gotten nothing left. You know, yeah, but because right. of because of him being the staff in CIC in that office, he fucking dude, he lit up a fire up under my ass, man. And uh, and he ended up when I got on recruiting, duty, he was just the uh, I think he was the ARI for a little bit. Then he was the ops chief for a little bit. And then he had just moved. And and what was I think he went the, to the training team. For the ops yeah. Chief. Yeah. So he was he, yeah in Jersey. He was the ops chief for a little bit and then he left us I think to go to you guys cuz I came out here in 2017 and then 2018 was like right when he came to you guys like you oh, just what said would,
1: uh, what BRC class were you
0: I was um 11 tac 2 I don't remember no that was my deployment no I I don't know. 17 tac
1: 1 I was I was uh 6 tac uh 17
0: Okay. I don't remember Sorry. how the numbers go. Or yeah. was that one tech
1: 17? I don't know. I went there and... Um,
0: oh, no, no, no. I was, I was four. Year. I was four tech 17. Okay. So you, yeah, I was like four or five. I don't remember. I, so yeah. you got there. I left June 15th was my graduation date. So that means
1: that you got there right as I graduated. So yeah. you were the yeah. next I- class before me. I checked into the RS. Uh, I think October twenty second. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. actually, uh, yeah. Uh, five, what, is, what is that? Five years? No, yeah. we're in four years ago to today. I checked yeah. in.
0: So, so I want to talk to you about what made you say. Like, so now, mind you, when you tip, when and this one time I explain to people, I know nothing about you. I've never met you. You could be the shittiest of shit recruiters, but you're saying you're a good recruiter. Or maybe it's the (laughs) other way around. I have no idea. So, um, you know, the reason why, and I want to say this before we get into this, right? The reason why I started the podcast, the reason why I started these videos is because I want to be able to help people who are on the duty. And, you know, I don't know if you watched my most recent video that I did while I was in my car, but... I guess some people are taking it like I was shaming Marines and that I was calling people out. And I guess I I just want to take a second to explain, because I don't want people to take it as like, I'm being some kind of scumbag talking about how great I am. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. So so a Marine had asked about product knowledge. And my, my thing, and this is my thing as a recruiter, was I found that a lot of times we would sit down and you would have Marines that had issues with doing interviews or you had issues with doing things and they lacked an understanding of product knowledge. My thought process is that if you are a Marine for more than four years, you should know a predominantly most of the product knowledge that you need in order to be a successful recruiter. Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, is, what is your what is your thought process on, on that? Like, think, uh, was there like did you
1: find that when you got on the duty that there was a lot of shit that you just didn't know? and yeah, then, I mean, you you don't know what you don't know, uh, and you don't yeah. know until like you're in the moment. A kid asks you a question, and you're just like, "I wow, I don't know. Uh, let me let me figure that out." Yeah, and get back to you. you know what I mean? Um, so I think uh, I think the big thing for me, which I knew a lot uh, going out on the duty. Um, and I think the product knowledge at BRC, you know, a lot of people talk about BRC is not like the greatest, uh, um, learning tool, I guess. I, I think it's okay where it's at as a baseline. Cause like you got to get baseline and then that's what PAR is for and the eval cycle and, and, uh, all that stuff. But going out there, I knew a decent amount, but then like, I started encountering questions and I think a big thing too, um, that you have to really pay attention to is, certain things are different um let's just take like the reserves for example certain things are different uh depending on what state you're in so you exactly got to learn what, yeah so
0: well um, yeah and that's and then you know after i had made the video i had reached out to the guy who made the text and i was like hey man like what what specifically did you mean when it comes to product knowledge and um and a lot of what he was talking about was okay well there's a reserve program or you know different different programs and stuff like that and i'm like but those were all things that like, like you said, go on Google and look them up and like, yeah, um, you know, and or,
1: and, you know, and I, get, and, and I get something else I did, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and something else I did, too, when I got out there is I realized I didn't know a lot um, just about like, you know, like you have your narrow view of what your job is, and what your MOS is and the experiences mm-hmm. that you drew from um prior to and i, I felt like i had a, a wider scope than maybe most people did um just because i'm a nerd i like to read and stuff like that yeah. um but when i started figuring out there's the things i didn't know um the cool thing about being an rs is you know you got 44 to i don't know eight, 88 different recruiters from different mos's and different backgrounds like if you don't know something you could always um like Aviation. There's like a million and a half different aviation, and I didn't realize like it's like sixty percent of the Marine Corps is aviation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I knew a decent amount of aviation, but I didn't know that there was like five different mechanics for one plane. So I'm like, oh my god, like that's there's there's more to it than just that. And you can call and talk to people and ask questions. And I I mean I would even just sit there and Google stuff uh, randomly or do my research before, um, the, like an applicant came in because I didn't want to give the kid bump scoop, number one, because it's the information age. They can just go Google it too, um, and then call me on my bluff if, if I'm not correct, and then I my credibility shot. Um, so I, I would research a lot and, and really just kind of put it on myself to, to figure a lot of things out. Um, but then there's also the SMEs inside the RS, the ARIs, RIs. Um, you know, guys have been doing it 10, 12, 15, 20 years, some of them, you know. Um, and it's, but, yeah, I, I think the baseline – What you're saying should should already kind of be there, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Like realistically, you know what the product knowledge is. Like if you and and then my thing is too, though, is like you should real as an active duty marine, you should know how to you know use TA. You should know the things about the GI Bill. Like I guess maybe that's not something that people don't know about because they don't they can't use it till they get out, you know. So, so what's some I guess the question to because I want to be able to help this guy out and I want to be able to help, you know, other people out that have the same question. So what is some good useful product knowledge that you received while you were on the duty? Like what's some stuff because well, before I even ask that, like you said, you had a point, a good point. You know, every AO is different. Yeah. So you you need to number one find out, okay, well, like in New Jersey, right? I was a recruiter in New Jersey, I live in New Jersey. There's state police, there's chief tests, there's oh, civil yeah, service okay. tests. So, like when it comes to that product knowledge, like you got to find out, okay, well, what towns are what? Because you're going to get combated with those questions. So, people yeah. are going to come in your office and nine times out of 10, if you really think about it. And this is where people fail in the changeover process, right? So, when the changeover happens, somebody should be like, hey, Sergeant these are the questions you're going to get nine times out of 10. And this is the stuff you should really start studying because people in this AO want to become cops. People want to do medical, people want to do this, people want to do this. So here's a list of the different programs that you can do in the Marine Corps to help get you there. Because that's the problem is a lot of people don't do their research and then they're asking questions like that. So, you know, so I think that a lot of it also is the the problem with the person who is transitioning back to the fleet. Cause they kind of drop their pack and they don't do a good changeover period or even have the time to, because that person still looks at the right bones and they don't really get the time to yeah. do a changeover. I think that's a huge part of it too. But what, what's some good product knowledge that you, you know, maybe you wish you had had, um, you know, later on and you didn't have immediately like what's some good stuff that you learned that ended up easing, you know, easing your time.
1: I think uh, a big thing that ate my time in the beginning And then I really started to figure out after I'd say probably about six months. Um, and I think this is a huge portion of product knowledge is just knowing who your competition is and knowing what it takes to achieve, um, whatever goal someone might have into like, like take state troopers, for example. Um, I didn't really know the ins and outs of what it takes to be a New York state trooper until, um, a couple months in and all I did was just like, I called the state trooper recruiter. Hey, what do I need to be a state trooper, regular civilian off the street? Okay. What do I need if I'm in the military? Oh, it's completely different. You need this, this, and this, and then you already have this and we'll take your JST and, and things like that. So I, th- I think the big thing that I wish I would have known going out there was just knowing my competition, um, what it takes to get into medical school, what it takes to be a nurse, what it takes to be, because I, you know, again, narrow view of whatever you're doing and what's 10 feet in front of your face. You don't really think about those things um what it takes to be a mechanical engineer um kids love the conservation department um and i didn't even know what that was they're like i want to be a dec officer i was like what is that a da i know DEA. what's dec oh department of energy and conservation that's a thing oh my god you need a bachelor's degree to do that that's crazy um so things things like that it's just no knowing your competition i wish i would have looked a little more into it um and, and I think you are absolutely correct. The guy who's going to know that is whoever's transitioned out of that sector. Hey, here's some things that you should you should look for. The, the one thing that I had that I was fortunate to have was the guy that I replaced in the sector that I took over became the staff and CIC so of the office. So if there was any, I kind of had a leg up. If there was any question I had about yeah. that area or what, what the kids wanted, you know, I could ask him, but um, even more so. Uh, to the point that you're trying to make, as far as like figuring out who your competition is and the little quirks about things in that area that kids want, because you see the same five kids over and over again that oh, I want to be a cop, I want to be a lawyer, I want to go to medical school, whatever it might be. Um, the other Marines in the office are experiencing the same thing, it's just a different sector, you know. So there's The transition piece may not be there, but then it kind of falls on the staff. And so I see the other recruiters to to train the weak link, which is the new person. Right. Yeah. And then every
0: Friday you should be like, hey, what other what what shit are you guys running into? Like, what did you run into this week? What did you, you know, what what parent next to this? You know, so I, I think, you know, I guess for my sake, you know, a lot of the stuff that I really would, you know, if you have an issue and I know this is probably just like the easiest answer, but go online to the VA benefits website and just just like literally just look up what the difference is between the different GI bills, look up what they pay for, look up what they don't pay for, look up how, because a huge part, you know, of what, you know, I did an episode on reservists, but you know, one of the biggest things that irked me, but I, so I get it to an extent, But the worst thing ever and the worst feeling ever, and I had this feeling for eight years, was when you meet reservists who are like, yeah, my recruiter told me this, this, and the third. And it's none of it's true. And it's like, and it it sucks because as an active duty Marine, you really don't know shit about the reserve program. So you're like, yeah, that's what so-and-so told me. And then, but the problem, and that's why, like, I said this when I was a recruiter and I still say this to this day. One of the things that they honestly need to do, and I told this to one of the Master Guns I know, is that what they should do is that, like they did it with me because I was an EAD Marine, so they had me and my other buddy stand in front of the whole all hands, and we gave a class about the reserve program. Okay. And that helped great. Yeah. But what should happen is that the Marine Corps Reserve Program has Master Gunnery Sergeants who are career planners? So yeah. they should have those people, even if it's once a quarter, go and talk to the local RS because there's there's a even if it's not even the master guns there's a reservist career planner in every INI building.
1: Yeah. So in every reserve
0: unit, too. so in every reserve unit, it's an there's an active duty marine who's in charge of being a reserve career planner. So why not once a quarter? Have that Marine come to all hands and give a class on the reserve program so everybody can have a better understanding. Because if anybody needs product knowledge on anything, it's that. Because the thing that nobody realizes, and I, like I said this is episode, is that no one's finding the right KG. Everybody's just finding a KG to put in the spot. And then that dude ends up shipping the boot camp, hating his life. And then within three months of being in the reserve program goes UA. Like nine times. And then then what do you think happens? We have to, that BIC is now unassigned because someone didn't fill it. They went UA. And now the Marine Corps has to then go find another reservist to fill that BIC. So it's a never ending cycle. But if we put the right person in the right place the first time, then it would be a lot better. So the product knowledge on that piece, you know, and I'm not going to go – I did a whole, I think, like 45-minute episode on a reserve program, so I'm not going to go yeah. all the way yeah. back into that. Like, but, you know, I you need to understand that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, when it comes to product knowledge, like, it's really just about knowing – because you're not going to know every MOS. You're not going to know that the scores for Emory every MOS. You're not going to – those are all – the most important product knowledge you need to have is the product knowledge that's unique to your AO. And you, and again, who am I fighting against? You know, okay. The army, yeah. what is the army? What is their qualifications? What are they selling right now? What do I have to, what am I attacking against? Um. So like, is there, but, but I kind of like, I don't know. I, I for me, again, I, I think the only product knowledge that I really like for me was, you know, helmets to hard hats, you know, that's a great program, you know, Um, that's a phenomenal program. You know, a lot of the guys that I was, that I work that I I work with in Brooklyn at the reserve unit, they're all either cops or union, Um, you know, the Marine Corps league, that's a phenomenal, you know, shoe in or in New York, they have, um, they have the Marine Corps league, but it's for the NYPD. So for me, that was something that I always talked to people about. Like, Hey bro, you want to be a cop, bro. Look at, look at how many cops in your area are Marines that got out of the Marine Corps. Okay. Yeah. The Marine Corps had that. And each of these affiliations has a Marine Corps league with inside of them. Why don't they have a VFW? Why don't they have American league? Why is it that they have a, a Marine Corps league instead?
1: You know? So I talked about that. Um, I think and, that goes back to being the, the mayor of your, uh, your AO, you know, kind of just knowing, knowing everything, being, the know, and
0: that's, and then you also, you know, another thing when it comes to product knowledge is okay. Like, okay. What classes, you know, so have you already talked about it, your joint service transcript. Okay. If you don't have that, if you don't have at least one of those printed out in your office to show people, then you're, you're already outside the box. Like you need to have that printed off so you can show people like, Hey, Boom. And that's like, even like when people say, Oh, recruiting duty doesn't do shit for you, bro. The amount of credits you get just from recruiting duty. Like I went to, I went online to some college and they literally told me with everything I have in the Marine Corps and recruiting duty, that i only have to do like one more year of college to be the bachelor's degree. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, so that right there alone needs to be something that you're showing people. Um, And then, you know, the other product knowledge would really be, just understanding what the people in your area are looking to do and then how are you going to have the Marine Corps mirror, mirror that way into that and shoe into that yeah but um do you have anything else on on product knowledge or anything else that you felt was something that helped you um in your time on the duty
1: just um I mean going to the length of actually like it can be hard um you know especially when you're on the grind and the mission monkeys on your back and you you know you may not be doing as well as you think you are um and it's really easy to stop trying to build a relationship with someone which was always the goal for me um so i, I mean just the biggest thing for product knowledge i think was taking the time to actually like understand what said person wants uh how and what they have done so far to achieve that. And then showing them exactly like how the Marine Corps kind of bridges the gap, no pun intended, uh, between um, what they want right now and what they're gonna get in the future. Um, So it's just a little, little, like an extra 5% of effort will go a long way um, on the streets. And I'm sure you know that too. Yeah.
0: So another thing he had said was, Knowledge recruiters should know before hitting the streets and how to research their area. So I, I think I think a huge thing, too, is um, a piece of advice would be to look at your past pack cards and look in the working file of the people who never joined. Because right. you're going to see if, you, if if the person, if the, well, again, this matters if the person took notes, right? If the person actually painted a picture for you. Because you're going to find out why kids never came back. You're going to find out why kids joined. You're, excuse me. Um, you're gonna find out why kids decided to go other places. You're gonna, f- and then when you're making those phone calls in the working file, you're gonna find out where they went, and in, in um, and why they went there. Um, or did it fail? Did it not work out? Did they did their plan of what they wanted to happen? So that's the research you gotta do. But the most important things you gotta find out is you have to find out again every area is different but it's like right it's like what's like because like when i was in my area one of the biggest unique things was um that there was a college that would pay for you to go Would you would it was for new jersey natural gas and they would pay for you to go to college for two years and then give you a job working for the natural gas company for new jersey So every so that was like everybody's thing. But the problem was I didn't know this until I started looking into it was that, number one, it was a very hard program to get into. And then it was a very hard program to stay in. And also the waiting list was forever. So like that was the question now. okay, well, hey, man, what are you going to do for the next two years while you're going to wait for this course, which are playing in between now? You know, so maybe that's a shoe in for the reserve program. So you have to know again what the what are you battling and and then how we how is the marine corps gonna help them get there? And then and then that's another thing, you know. People are trying to, you know, you have colleges like Amory Riddle, you know, where people are, oh, I want to go to Amory Riddle. Bro, I go to Amory Riddle when you can do all of the same stuff in the Marine Corps and get more college certificates. We so have more, and that's the thing like you said. You know, if you were what what's so I never did this before, but I just thought maybe it would be a good idea. You know, in your Mickey OB, you have those those parts where it's for each MLS. Yeah. What you, you could do, like you said, is you, you're surrounded by 88 recruiters and of all MOSs, have a recruiter from, you know, that is an aviation print out his JST. So that you can show, Hey, listen, man, these are oh, all, awesome. yeah, I never thought about that just now. Like, Hey man, you know, cause like, that's what I would do. And that, and someone was dogging me because I, I said that on the episode, like, bro, you can go screw yourself. If I didn't know something again, I don't want to lie to you. And then you leave my office and be like, yo, this dude lied to me. Yeah, so I yeah, literally uh, like, bro, you have an iPhone. FaceTime somebody and you know people in the fleet Marine Corps that do the job that this kid's talking about wanting to do. And now mind you, again, we don't sell jobs, but at least you can explain, Hey man, these are the certificates that I've got. These are the abilities that I've got. And bro, if you don't know how to talk or articulate about the GI bill, guess what? Or the TA, you know, people who've used TA in the Marine Corps. Hey, Hey, Gunnery Sergeant, you know, can you explain to this kid and or me xyz how to go from point a to point b and and i think that that's a, a huge part of it is it's not that because like, when you say i need what pro-, when, when you ask the question of what private what pro- ah, when you ask the question of what what product knowledge did you need that's a very vague question like bro there's a lot of product knowledge you know what i mean and i yeah. and i think that you know and that's what i was trying to go with on the episode was just that you know, a lot of people, in my opinion, a lot of recruiters, they just find it so hard to have an interview process and/or to articulate these things to an applicant, but they would be able to do it to a marine. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, that
0: that makes sense. Um,
1: so I think I my
0: think- I think my thing was just be more confident in what you already know because you know most of the shit that you need to know like you're not these are all things that you you know so learned you know but um so area canvassing were you were you more of a telephone guy or were you more of an area canvasser like how was
1: and also how was your ao built ac 100 a- um so when i first got out there um I was definitely like, I'm not an introverted person. I don't think by any means, um, but starting out, like I wasn't really, uh, yeah, I didn't go to clubs and bars and stuff like that. You know, obviously having conversation, normal conversation with people outside of work is, is one thing. Um, I kind of kept to myself and my family before I got out on the street. So, um, I kind of hid behind the phone. I'll, I'll admit to it now. Um, and I'm sure if my old staff, so I see listens to this, he'll laugh uh, about what I'm about to say, but, um, I thought I was Jordan Belfort on the phone. Uh, and I, I was pretty decent. I was bringing in, um, appointments and interviews. And I, I think I wrote my first couple of contracts off of uh strictly TC list canvas, it's not even PPCs or anything. They just getting the kid in the in the office on the phone. Uh, and he took me to a community college one day and he was like, Hey, go talk to that kid over there. And like, it was like a train wreck. I'm like, he's like, yep, I knew it. He's like, you're not AC how you should be, or at least, um, you, you think you're doing a lot better than you are. So I was like, all right, he's right. So I started just kind of pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, and I started to, I got to the point where if, if I couldn't AC like day was kind of shot for me. Um, the phones were not the greatest in my AO. Um, and social media wasn't either for me. Um, my staff, I used to like his hair to catch on fire. Cause my, uh, ratio for, um, DC sent to just making a contact was like like 90 to 1. It was terrible. Um, and my the way my AO is set up was actually kind of difficult to AC. Um, my furthest school was an hour away. So, um, I mean, we're, we're talking really spread out. Uh, you would go 15, 20 miles sometimes without, without seeing a person. Um, so the, the way I used to AC is, is uh, kind of hilarious. Um, I used to AC from my car, uh, oh. believe it or not. That's all I ever did, bro. Yeah.
0: So, before you continue on, my boy, when I was a brand when he was a brand new recruiter, he was like, "Bro, do you ever get out of your car?" I was like, "Fuck no." no. I no. was like, "Bro, this is my mentality. Number 1, it's cold as shit out. Why the <laughs> hell am I going to get out of this cold ass car with the heat on when I don't have to?" That's yeah. number 1. Number 2, when it becomes summertime, why do I want to walk around in this uniform, sweat my fucking ass off? to keep having to go get a little bit of dry clean when I could be in the car with the air conditioning on. Nah, I'm going to just pull up on you. I'm going to roll my window down and be like, yo, come here. And no matter what you do, every single time you roll your window down and say, come here, they fucking come to you. They, they come.
1: No, I used to, um, I mean, I would get out and walk around every now and again, but yeah, the bread, the bread butter for me was uh, table displays. Even even in the randomest spots, like putting it in the mall, yeah. if I can get it done, you know, um, and just people walking by. Um, so school's a lot for AC. And then, um, yeah, just from the car, as creepy as it sounds, and I hope people listen and don't, don't feel some type of way about this, but if it was like uh, 2.30 – 3 o'clock, and I knew school was getting out soon and I was in the area, I'd go sit in the parking lot and wait for kids to come out. Because some kids walk, some kids go to their car. I wouldn't like, you know, run up behind someone and like, hey, what are you doing? You know, as they're getting in their car. But if they're walking down the street to the sidewalk, I would walk up to them. Hey, you know, how was class today? Start a conversation. Um, if the conversation went past a minute, you know, I would put more effort into it, but if they didn't seem like they wanted to talk, I wasn't going to waste my time because yep. there was, you know, I could, I could go down the road and do the same thing with somebody else, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, or I would just quickly get their name and then just put it in the pack or I put it in the AC, not interested, boom. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean,
1: um, and I, I developed a really strong relationship with, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the teachers, and administrators for most of my schools. I had, I had 10 schools. Um, there was only like one or two that like, Access was very limited. It was very hard to get into the school. Um, if I got in, um, you know, they'd stick me in the the counseling library uh, just to satisfy the the check in the box for letting me come. You know, once a month or whatever, and, and no one would show up. But there were schools where um, I could walk in there and 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 probably kill a student, and they would help me hide the body. You know what I mean? Like they they just love me. Um, and, and that was a, a big piece of my success while I was out there was uh, teachers really. Um, Cause I would go have my AC time set up and I would just go walk into school and go down and talk to the gym teacher and he'd be like, Hey, actually, have you talked to this kid this year? Um, he's he's not doing too well in school and he's you know, he doesn't think he's gonna go to college. So he doesn't really know what he wants to do. Um, I can set something up for you. And they would set it up for me. Yeah. Um just lots of rapport with the with the teachers and stuff like that. But yeah, AC was my bread and butter. I would me and this uh, other guy I worked with, um, one of my best friends in the whole world now. Um we were on the streets together as campus recruiters for, for about a year with each other and uh, there was a community college like like five minutes down the street from our office and like monday wednesday and friday we would go take a table up there and just sit there for like two hours and it wouldn't stand up or anything they would just walk by and we would like you know heckle them or or just like hey like we like the shirt you know or whatever yeah. or, like anybody want a lanyard they come over and then you just you know initiate the conversation and i think yeah. i think with AT, the biggest thing is you just you got to really, if you're not comfortable, you ain't doing your job. You know, you got to, yeah. you got to push yourself really well, hard. And that's,
0: um, <clears throat> I like that you brought, I'm glad that you brought that up. Just the comfortability of it because the thing is, so like people, my boy calls it secondhand embarrassment. That's what he calls it. So what I do, what I do, and I, I remember I did this um, when I went to a new office, I went to a new office for a couple of, for about three months um, before I became a staff in CSC and we went to this college, same thing like you're talking about. They had table setups, but they would just – sometimes they would just show up to the college. And what they would do is they would be – all the time, they'd be walking around, they'd be walking around, they'd be walking around, and, like, talking to the same people over and over and over again. And I, and I thought back to when I was a brand-new recruiter, and I had this guy, Staff Sergeant Orana. You said Orana? He, he Arana. And, oh, okay. um, and, um, so when Narana, what he would do is he'd be in the mall and he would just sit down and he would just sit there on his phone. And then when people would walk by, he'd be like, Hey, what's going on? And he would, he would be like, yo, come here for a minute.
1: So then I started
0: doing the same thing. And then yeah. I was doing it at the colleges. And I remember one day it was me my boy Gonzalez and my boy Gary. And, um, they were like going after everybody. They were like, yo, we got to find appointments. we got to find appointments. I was like, bro, just shut up and sit down. I was like, just sit on that bench and they're gonna come to you. I was like, just stop moving, just sit down and no lie. Funny as shit, my boy Gonzalez gets mad every time I talk about this. But I sat down on the bench and literally two minutes later, this dude come walking up. Hey, what's going on, man? Are you a marine? And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, why? What's up, man? And he's like, you know, I've always <laughs> been thinking about becoming a Marine. And I was like, bro, this couldn't have happened at the better time. And, um, you know, but that was the thing is because for me, a, a huge part of the air area canvassing or even the telephone call, everything encompasses one thing for me. And for me, even the interviews, the process, the whole entire process, right, the C2CJ, if you're thirsty as hell, people are going to know that. And it's oh, going to yeah. draw them away. It's the same thing I used to say when, you know, going into a bar. If you go into a bar and you, you look like you're thirsty as hell, and you look like you're trying to bag whatever chick you can just to go home with her, no one's going to want to come next to you. But if you just go in there, chill as fuck, you know what you want, you know what you need. And you're not thirsty about it and you're just having a casual conversation and you're really trying to understand the person, you're learning their motivators, you're learning, you're building rapport with them, and then you bring up the conversation of recruiting duty and/or hey man, you know, I'm a recruiter, have you thought about it? Whatever, if you move them into that or you just move them on their way into that, and you actually use the steps the way they're you know supposed to be used, you know, enabling and, and doing all those things, those MC3 skills, you know, if you really do that the way you're supposed to. Even if you do them out of order, it, it works. Um, but that's the thing is, like I said, man, like I would just sit there and be like, yo, man, come over here real quick. Or I would fuck with them. You know, I'd be like, yo, you dropped something. And then they would look down at the ground. And I'd be like, nah, man, I'm just playing with you. But hey, my name is Sergeant Bennett with the Marines. Have you ever thought about being a Marine? Or, yeah. or I would look at them and be like, yo, Bill. And they'd be like, I'm sorry. i am be like, Bill, right? Yeah, I met you like two or three days ago. We talked about this. this and, the and they're like, no. No. I'd be like, oh shit. Well, hey man, my name is Sergeant. And you know, now now we're already talking, you know, or you know, or I would compliment their feed. You know, even right. if you had the worst haircut in the world, I'd be like, bro, that's a freaking sick feed. Where'd you get it at? And then they'd be like, yo, I got it at yo, thanks for looking out, bro. I appreciate you, dog. And I'd be like, yo, you yeah, good, man. And then I would just boom start talking about whatever, you know. And and I think, you know, like you said, if you're not comfortable. You know, doing it then there's a problem. Like if you're if you're not uncomfortable, my bad. Like you yeah. should be really, you know, you should be making people uncomfortable, bro. Talk to every single person, you know, yeah. because because that's the thing is, and you know, when people say that, oh, bro, like when people come back to the office, oh, I couldn't find nothing, bro. That that just means you weren't looking, dog.
1: Like yeah, I mean, I will say, uh, AC during the the current environment put that way uh can be challenging yeah I, I just feel because like, yeah i mean it can it, it's it's gotten challenging but um yeah you know, like with the whole social and distancing and the max yeah schools are schools limited access now um yeah but you know parking lots aren't limited access um Bro. most of the colleges are you know what i mean so it's yeah. it's one of those things um i genuinely if i could like i said if i couldn't ac my my day was shot and and the way i set up my my uh like daily schedule was was ridiculous i i did not want to work past six so i like maximize my efforts i used to take um i used to try to be out of the office by nine and start my ac and i would just do it all day and my tcs i would take my list with me and um if i was Posted up in a parking lot or whatever. I got my phone with me. I would just sit there and I would make them and just mark them on the paper. And then later that day, I'd go back in and, and um, just annotate it before I left for the day. Right, bro. And, um,
0: and that's the thing, man. I'm glad that you brought that up because you know, and that's the you know that's the thing about it, man. And that's you know, I've talked about this with with eighty four twelves. I've talked about this with recruiters. Like, I think it's, I think it's very. And again, I understand there's a place and time for it all. But I think that when you make Marines, hey, you're you, we're, the whole office is going to TC from 11 o'clock until 1 o'clock. And then yeah. you're going to TC from 17 to 19. And then you're going to drive back here. It's like, bro, if it takes me an hour alone just to get out to my AO, and then you want me to be back here at this time when all of our AOs aren't the best for TCing at the same time. like, And that's the purpose of having an SNR. And that's the purpose of having an AO is because every AO has to be worked differently. But, you know, and me and my boy, Ujama, drama going research talked about this, but a lot of it's fear and a lot of it's wanting control.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause you, you know, you're, especially the staffs I see you, that mission is yours and yours alone really. Um, and you want to, you want to do the things that you think are going to pay off in the long mm-hmm. run. Um, but I think that really like what you're saying with that piece is, is is you, you have to give the the Marine the benefit of the doubt. So like, if you know that they can make their own schedule and do what they need to do and they'll, they'll do it and you don't have to hold their hand the whole time, their schedule should be whatever they want. Hey, whatever you're doing is working, do it. Um, and then kind of refine it, you know, like as you go along during the weeks, um, someone who's struggling or someone you know is just burnt and like i don't want to do this anymore you know so i'm just going to kind of do whatever i want no that time sheet uh all, all that stuff um yeah you know, i hate to use the word micro but you kind of you kind of have to because you have to baseline it get back to the basics figure out okay is this dude just like not doing the job or is he legitimately like like having problems make a contact like well how do we figure that out yeah
0: you know i think if i if i if i really think about it from all the conversations i've had with people across you know the Micric, you know i think a huge part about it man is i really don't think there's really too many shitty recruiters i think there's just shitty marines that don't want to be on a duty I think I like, that. like I really honestly think because, bro, like I, I think it's more so the people that just don't want to be successful because they start every day off with, oh, well, it's not going to happen. Oh, well, it's not. And, the you know, and the idea that you're telling me, you know, I tried to be out of the office by six. And that means that you you figured it out. And that's the thing, bro, is if you can if you can make it to the point where you know, you have a good morning in meeting and you have a good SNR and you're following it and you're getting your PAC cards and you're getting your TCs, then you're getting your ACs and you're, you know, you're giving your two, you, you're giving your two a month and or more, you know, there's no reason why you can't have a normal livelihood. And that's the part that's fucked up is, you know, you got people like, like I hit my boy up, you know, and I asked them, I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, it was Saturday at five o'clock, right? Yesterday. And I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? I already knew what he did because I'm on Facebook. I'm on FaceTime with him and I see his background. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm at work. I'm like, bro, did you make mission? He goes, what kind of question is that? I'm like, so you made mission, but you're (laughs) still at work on Saturday at five o'clock in the afternoon. Like, that's the shit that people just don't it doesn't make sense bro because that's the thing that why marines get so mad about this duty is because even when and that's the thing that's hard about it right so say you have yourself right you're a good recruiter you're doing your job you're coming home and you're are you so were you able to actually legitimately leave at six
1: you know, most uh, most of the time, sometime after six, I was able to to roll out of there. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of describe the way I had my schedule. And I, I did it this way for, so I was a Canvas human recruiter for almost 30 months uh, before I took over as this happened. So I see, and um, the way I had my schedule was I would, I got there really early. I'd get there at like 6.30 and all that really was, was like, okay, if I had an appointment, time to do my research for the day for what they want. Um, time to do all my admin uh, in the morning, so that way I can you know, have to do it tonight. Right, stuff like that. Um, try to get a little PTM when I could. Um, obviously, we all know that's difficult. Um, you know, really try to focus on the pulleys. But I would um, I would DC in the morning, so all social media and that encompassed post um, messaging. I would send out like fifty messages and just wait for people to read them as the day went along. Um, I do that for about two hours. And then I would try to roll out of the, the office around like nine or 10, go to a school every day. Um, doesn't matter what school, doesn't matter what I'm doing there. I always um, live by the rule, uh, always have a reason to go back. Um, so like I would always, if I was just dropping something off or I was going to go talk to someone, you know, I was, you know, Hey, we spoke last week, you wanted me to come back and do this thing, whatever. Um, and that's how I started getting my contacts. And then. You know, I would hit stores on the way back to the office for my TC time, which was always in the afternoon. Um, And I'd try to get, you know, at least three, three, four ACs a day uh, if I could. And then I'd get back to the office, TC, have my appointment in the later end of the day, or sometimes in the middle of the day if it was a senior, you know, but grads toward the end of the day. um, Try to shut down by six, seven at the latest. Um, And a lot of times what I would do um, is just take my laptop home and sit on the floor, with wife and kid and put all my admin in. So I'd still be kind of working, but I would be home, you know? Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to be there any longer than I had to. Weekends too, did not want to work weekends. Um, I only did it if I had to. Um, Sunday and shipping, I that, that don't really count, I guess. You know, you want to take your shippers up if you have a good relationship with your kids. Um, and Saturdays were pool functions, and then that, that was pretty much it. If the kids wanted to get together on Saturday, I'd always ask the pool, hey, you guys want to do something Saturday, like go PT or go um, go to the mall or something, you know, something dumb like that. I'd always bring the wife and kid with me because my wife, uh, she loved all the poolies. I, I, I had some seriously strong relationships with all my kids for the most part, mm-hmm. um, families too, so we would we would go out to dinner with the families and stuff and get everybody together. So, you know, that, that's the type of stuff that like, once you, once, once you kind of figured out, that's when it becomes fun. And I think that uh, the pool is the coolest thing about Marine Corps recruiting duties, because the, the how much focus and emphasis is we put on the kids uh, up front um, and you get to see the investment payoff as they go on and get meritoriously promoted and, and do big things in the fleet or, or even the SMCR um, as they go along. And I think that, if you do everything right on the nitty gritty um, activity side, HVAC, DC, all that stuff, interviews, appointments, and that becomes a, not necessarily something that you're concerned about all the time. Your your focus is solely on the pool, and that's how you get honor graduates, and that's how you get kids that you don't worry about and lose sleep over when they ship. Um, that's how you get contracts, really, because those kids come back and say, hey, my recruiter did this, this, and this mm-hmm. for me and you know he can do it for you too now look at look at me now um and i i think uh it, it got to a point for me in 2019 where it was almost like a perpetual motion device it just everything worked for me if i put work in here it would come back to me later um and it took a lot of trial and error 2018 my first year uh was a lot of figuring things out figuring out who i was out there um figuring out how to be better um more competitive, I guess I had competition streak, whatever. And then 2019 was the the greatest year I had out in the streets. Um, It was, uh, it was fun just being a recruiter. I I woke up every day and genuinely enjoyed going to work and and seeing who I was with and seeing the pulleys that I had. And I always worked pulleys into my schedule too. And I think that's a big thing um, for area canvas that really helps. I used to have this calendar uh, on my desk and uh after planning we we solidify planning right the pt before planning what i would do is i'd sit every pulley down and i'm like you're giving me a, like at least two days out of the week through the entire month where i can take you with me and we can go around and go to schools or go to the mall or, or whatever
0: yeah
1: um, and i think that really helped um, no it definitely
0: does because they're going to introduce you to people that you don't know then it's and, and that's the thing too you know getting you know talking about the area canvassing thing you know like you go to go to stores and just talk to people about talking to people like go to go to Walmart, go to whatever store yeah. it is and just be a human being. And don't even like they clearly know you're in uniform. So don't even yeah. bring up Marine Corps recruiting duty. Hey, man, I'm here, you know, looking for this. You know, do you have this? Because they know you're always in the same store. You're always there, you know, whether you do it every Wednesday at nine, you're always there once a week or twice a week or maybe even every day, you know? Right. So when you become that guy who keeps asking the same dude over and over again, the same question, it's like, okay. Well, why not just let that dude come to you? You know, or, you know, and that's the thing too, is like, don't buy everything at one store. Buy everything as you go through the day. Like if you're white, wife like me, what I used to do is I would have my wife let me know what chores needed to get done or what groceries needed to get got or what, what errands need to be ran. And then I would run the errands through the day. So that gave me a reason to go to different stores. I'd be a different customer at each of those stores. You couldn't kick me out cause I wasn't soliciting. And, and then it would literally just be an easy way for me to transition into that. Or I would literally, what I would also do is I would, um, I would be at like Walmart and I would, I would waste some dude's time. Like some, some, someone that worked there. i like, yeah, man, I'm really looking at getting this iPhone. And he would talk me up, talk me up. And then I'd be like, listen, honestly, I never was never buying that, but you did a really good job, you know, and you have really good personal skills. And I think that you, you definitely deserve a lot more than just this job. So what are you trying to do after yeah. this? Cause this can't be all of it. And then boom, we would go on to a whole new conversation and we would get into that.
1: But yeah. Um, I always felt like uh and I used to tell my uh my guys this even as a canvas recruiter um, obviously, you care, but I was like, stop stop caring, stop caring about what you think you uh look like to other people, stop caring mm-hmm. about what you like the things that you're doing like yeah. you know, because um a lot of times I think um and this is just a kind of the nature of the beast type thing is um people are really afraid to offend other people's feelings in their time. Right. So like calling someone out of the blue, like, wh- like, what if they're, you know, doing something, what if they're busy? I'm like, yeah, what well, can they, can they have like two minutes to talk to me for a second? You know, like, I'm not really trying to like take you away or anything just two minutes. And some people are like, Oh, but like, I don't want to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, or even like, uh, here's a good example. So you get a kid, the kid says he wants to be a Marine. Okay, let's go to MEPs next week. Uh, actually, I was thinking more like the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, what's the problem? Well, my mom and dad, okay, let's go talk to them tomorrow. You know, some people are like, well, you we don't even know their schedule. Well, we haven't talked to them yet. If I call them and they can do tomorrow, I'll do tomorrow. But if they can't, then they can't, you know, like you can't be afraid to to do those things. So I used to tell them to just, hey, like, don't don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing
0: too, going off of that, is there's a lot of people who are afraid to be aggressive. And some people like, oh, like people used to tell me, bro, you're way too aggressive. And I was like, no, man, I'm going to be aggressive as fuck. And then I'm going to tell you that. So I used to be really aggressive. And then some people would take it the wrong way. So then I would just tell you, hey, listen, man, I, I don't know if you think I'm coming off aggressive right now, but if it comes off that way, this is why. And then I would yeah. paint the picture. I'd be like, listen, man, or parents. You know, like I had a um, I did an interview one time at a kid's house and my boy, my boy Morales was sitting at the dinner table with us and we're doing the benefit tags at the dinner table. And I just looked at the kid. He's a Marine now. And I looked at the kid and I was hit one of the tags was self times three. The other one was part of the loan. And I straight up looked at him and I was like, well, you're not going to get that in the fucking Navy. Well, I didn't curse because we were at the dinner table. Yeah. But I was like, you're not going to get that in the Navy. And I was like, this is right now what's going on. And I went off on him. And then his mom looked at me from across the table and said, sir, don't you think you're being a little bit aggressive with my son? And then I was I looked at her and I was like, ma'am, but if you look at what your son just put down on this table, that's exactly what he wants is he wants me to act that way towards him. And I was like, and now i set up the process. I was like, you know what? I'll call the recruiter right now so you can talk to the Navy tomorrow. I'll talk. I'll call. Oh, army yeah, I, recruiter. That the time. I, I have the number for the army recruiter. I'll call him right now so you can talk to him on Monday. I'll set it up. I'll set all of it up for you. And she was like, you know, but don't you think she's being a little aggressive? I was like, ma'am, I want to prepare you and me for every possible issue that can come up and your son's time, your time, and all of these things matter to me. So yes, I understand that I may be coming off aggressive, but we don't, you don't know the timetable like I do. I was like, what happens if your son goes to the, the medical entrance processing station and hasn't, an, I'm sorry, mi- military entrance processing station. You know, what if he goes to ma'am, and he has something happen to him that we didn't know about? Well, now that's going to take time. That's going to take days. That's going to take days for us to get medical records. What happens if, God forbid, you know, something happens to the family and you guys can't, can't, can't go that day? I was like, and so then I would explain why I was so aggressive. And yeah. then, and then they would be like, oh, okay, I get that. So you're actually looking out for the, my best interest. Like, exactly.
1: That's exactly why I am. But meanwhile, I'm just trying to get some dude to go SDP on Monday.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and what, what I used to do too, in, in a similar way. Um, one, if I ever felt like I was like, if, if you can tell you're being edgy, like other people can really tell, you know? Um, and it, that's something that I tried to create as a, you know, I'm edgy in my mind, but the way I, my body language and the way that I'm speaking, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm more relaxed and calm. Um, because obviously you want to get them up as fast as possible. Um, but what I really try to do is really, especially with parents is make it about them. And, and in reality, like that's the way it could be anyways. Yeah. So if you're talking about, um, you know, is this a little aggressive and I would always say like, yeah, I mean it is, but like, it's, september or october of your son or daughter's senior year and they haven't even started applying to colleges yet like this is their future don't yeah. you, you want to be aggressive about their future, mm-hmm. you know um and even like the kids like i would speak about societal issues like when i was like 16 15 16 years old like i had a plan like i figured it out And i feel like most most people probably in our age group um would do that right yeah but nowadays kids are like yeah you know, I'll figure it out as I go along. Um, and the kids that don't are the kids that are like the valedictorian, you know, summa cum laude, all that crap. Yeah. Um, and that they already have it, you know, pre-planned from, from birth essentially. But there's a lot of kids out there that just kind of take it as it comes. And like, that's is that's just uh, one of the big things that I used to get disinterest wise. And someone would say, there's just so much unknown to it, or it's so scary. And I'm like, you know, what's really scary being 18 years old. And having the zero plan, that's really scary. At least this way, you know what you're doing every step of the way for at least the next four years. Um, And that's – I would just – to negate or kind of like um, take away from how aggressive I was being, I would just make it about them. Because, I mean, that's what it really is at the end of the day. Um, The Marine Corps is the the branch that um, recruits to sustain the legacy. You know, as, as corny as that sounds like, um it's not really about me um at all it's more so about that person mm-hmm. getting either what they want as a stepping stone or being the next sergeant major of the marine corps and the marine corps having marines to do what we do you know yeah yeah and then and, and going off of like what you just said like that's what I, I again i
0: would do kind of the same thing i would just be like listen man you just turn what now mind you whether they're 18 or whatever I'd be like, if I was dealing with someone that was a high school senior, I would ask the parents and them, "Mother, man, how does it make you feel that you, you're about to graduate high school and everybody's around you at is asking you, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? I was like, you don't know. I was like, do you know right now? I was like, you have no idea. Because nine times, like your parents, they've changed their jobs. They've had two or three different jobs. They've had different passions. You you grow as an individual throughout your lifetime. So why is it okay that right now you have to know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of forever? I was like, that's why you're sitting in my office right now. Or that's yeah. why you should be sitting in my office right now. Because the reality of it is, is like, is, wouldn't you be more relaxed and more calm if you were able to go to college while in the Marine Corps, get your job, get these certificates, get all these credits? while figuring out who you are so you can grow as a leader as a person and become somebody and do all those things and encompass all that at the same time like doesn't that sound bender and then they be like oh shit you know actually i never really thought about that you know but you know um so and, and and like you said man it's it's also about you know when you're on the especially when you're on the phone man like you know you're gonna get you know, a lot of people, and I know I was the same way when I first started making phone calls, I hated making phone calls. Um, And I would get to the point where I would just be like, bro, hang up already. Or I would hope that they'd answer and hang up or that they wouldn't answer at all. But then I got, you know, but then eventually to me, it became a game to where, okay, you know what, I'm going to see how long I can keep you on the phone before hanging up. Or I'm going to see, I'm going to see if I can flip you as a mother, so if you get on the phone with me and you're rude and you're aggy and you're talking down to me and or to the military, I'm going to do everything I can to actually get you on my side. So yeah. I'm going to ask yeah. you questions about your kid, about your family. Oh, well, why do you feel that way, ma'am? If you don't mind me asking, you know, why do you why do you feel that your son wouldn't be be for this? Because nine times out of ten, you get that. Oh, my, that's not for my son. That's not that's not for my kid. And then I'd be like, OK, well, ma'am, why do you why do you feel that way? Or I'd be like, well, man, what do you feel is for your son? Have you talked to your son? Have you asked your son? And, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, TC techniques um, that work for some people. Um, So what would you, so just kind of going off to the, you know, what would you say so you actually told me. I'm sorry you you told me that you were actually thinking about becoming an 8412, and then you decided not to at the last at the right before it all ended. Yeah, um,
1: I did. Uh, I I'm telling, as a canvassing recruiter, um, and uh, I'm glad my wife's not sitting here because she probably have a little bit of a different opinion. But uh, <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed. Um, I would say a solid 80% of it. The, the, the 20% was definitely my first like three months or so, where you just kind of get your teeth kicked in because you don't really know what you're doing. Um, and you kind of just feel like an idiot the whole time is, is really how I felt. Uh, also, um, just to the point for for any potential volunteers or for recruiting duty or, or guys that get hissed, like, you know, ha- have a backup plan with your by name if it falls through. Uh, I'm, I'm from Alabama. I'm from. Uh, Tuscaloosa which is central west, western central Alabama where the university is and um, you know that's where I was told I was going back to I had a by name request to the RS there and they're saying hey you're gonna go to um, you know you're gonna go to your station in your hometown we need you like it's not doing well like you know we think you could really shake it up there and so like even even the night before district assignment at BRC like they hit me up and they're like hey happy to have you aboard the team and everything I'm like oh my god it's working out like this is going to be great um and then the next morning they're like first marine corps district and i was like excuse me what uh what do you mean first marine corps district like here's what it says on the paper you're going to first marine corps district go to this room go in listen all these sergeant majors give a brief and uh you know you don't you don't know where, where you're going i'm like okay which one of these is my sergeant major and then you see rs albany and you're like oh my god that's that's all the way up there jesus and then uh, they told me what town I was going to, and the town name is Canandaigua. The first first uh, couple letters in, in the name say Canada, and I was like, "Can, Can- is that Canada? How far is that from Canada? It's an hour and ten minutes from Canada. Like, oh my god!" Um, <laughs> so, so the first couple of months was like uh, just you know moving somewhere we'd never been before. I don't know anything about that area. Um, driving in the snow, I put the gov in the ditch like ten times. You know what I mean? Like my first my first winter there, um, and it just it was it was different. Uh but once I started to get in the groove uh and really started to fall in love with the area, um we started you know really enjoying it. Um and in 20 2019 I was uh the first district uh recruiter of the year and I was like, you know what? Like this is I think this is where I'm supposed to be. Um and like I just I genuinely enjoyed making relationships with with kids and making relationships with parents. Um, and and seeing my kids do great things and um a lot of what i had set out to accomplish from joining the marine corps in the first place i had already done uh prior to going on recruiting duty you know i kind of felt a really a large sense of fulfillment in my life at that point so you know i kind of told my ceo i was like i want to be a staff and so i see because um at the time with the amount of contracts that i had written you know they thought that i had the potential to be a centurion Um, And I thought I could do it too. Um, I was only uh, 30 something shy uh, with just over a year to go. So I was like, you know what, I think I really could do this. But then, you know, I was like, I just, I want to, I want to have Marines come on recruiting duty and love it the way I did. Um, So I wanted to kind of be there for, you know, just be a leader, be, be there for someone who comes out and doesn't get what they want. And they think the whole world's crashing down. I kind of just wanted to be the guy to say, hey, come here, you know, it's going to be okay. This is what we're going to do. And you're going to be successful and you're going to love it. And then you're either going to go back to the fleet or you're going to stay like me. Yeah. Um, once I became a staff and so I see, um, it, it was not being a canvassing recruiter. Uh, you know, you, you do your thing and you know it works for you. And, and that's the hardest thing that I had to uh, really accept was that the Marines that I had were, were not me. Uh, and they were never going to be me. And if, if it didn't work for them, it's it's not going to work for them. Amen. Um, yeah. So I I, uh, I struggled. Um, I mean, I made mission as a staff associate. I think uh, in twelve months I missed uh, I missed twice. Um, and it was toward the end of my time there, uh, which was uh, kind of a I, I don't want to go out like that. Um, I I'd hope I didn't leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth up uh, up in Albany. But um, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, the Marines that I had and I enjoyed, you know, getting through it. Um, it just, it got to the point, especially with the the, the current environment, it's, it's, it's a challenging recruiting environment, not just in one single lo- location. It's all across America right now. Um, that it's becoming more challenging. Um, and I don't know what causes that. Uh, I have no idea because there's nothing, you know, that really changed significantly aside from certain things, uh, in the timeframe that I was there. But yeah, I mean, toward, toward the end, um, my wife was just growing very, very unhappy. And I think I kind of was too. Um, and I was like, you know what? I I, I uh I don't think I wanna do this anymore. So kind of kinda pulled out. Um if I ever go back, I you know, I don't I don't think I will. Um if I got histed, I wouldn't stop. You know, I wouldn't say, Oh no, you know, I'll just get out. You know, no, I'll definitely go back. Um, but I don't you know, I don't think I'm gonna willingly go volunteer and try and go back again. Um, especially because I, I think uh I set out to accomplish pretty much everything that I wanted to on recruit duty. When I left, the, the CEO asked me, you know, uh, a series of questions. And that was one of the questions Did you accomplish everything you set out to do here. And I was like, yeah, I did. And, and I felt pride, fulfillment. Um, I was happy um, about going back and then, then it became the nervous transition and getting back into the swing of things and, and just, you know, remembering how to Marine again um, yeah. and, and not wear blues and, stop walking and talking on the cell phone. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. But, um, so so what, um, I guess kind of before we end it, you know, what, what would you say all in all, um, are things that you need to know coming out on the duty? Like, what are some things if you're in BRC, you know, right now, or some things that maybe, or if you're in your first three months, you know, some things that you should be trying to hone in on, some things that you should be studying up on, uh, like what are some things that you would say you definitely need to know
1: um, in the beginning? I think uh, a big thing, um, not necessarily knowledge-wise, but just personality-wise, is the ability to, and David Goggins uh, says it best, the most important conversation is the conversation you have with yourself, uh, look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I a NCO or staff NCO? that hides behind my Marines or am I someone who leads from the front? Um, and you said it earlier, there's not uh, shitty recruiters. It's just shitty Marines that, you know, don't want to do the job. Um, that was a big thing. Uh, a lot of, um, a lot of internal soul searching really to figure out what type of person you're going to be. Cause if you are one that hides, like it's, you're going to get exposed real quick. Cause you know, you're, essentially uh, low man on the totem pole again. And, you know, the works on you this time, uh, you don't have the pleasure of having other people do things for you. Um, so I, I think that's a big thing is to, to really think about what you're going to do and how you're going to, how you're going to be. The other thing too, um, this kind of goes back to the, the initial point of the whole conversation is have a thirst for knowledge. Like I wanted to know everything. Um, I wanted to know everything about the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, colleges, everything. And if I didn't know, it would really bother me. Um, And I would sit there and try to figure it out. I would ask questions. I would call people. I would call people in the fleet. I would call random places and act like I was a student trying to get information about this program. And they would tell me everything about it or if I couldn't find it online. you know, I just – I wanted to know everything. So, I mean, I I don't think there's any singular thing you should know. I think there's a lot of things you should uh, do and should like the way you should act and conduct yourself thirst for knowledge, uh, get out there and getting after it, not, not a waiting for it to come to you. Uh, Um, you know, developing your personal skills, uh, communication wise, uh, getting out of your comfort zone, role playing with the other Marines in the office, uh, making that role play the most uncomfortable situation you've ever been in your entire life. Because just when you think you've seen it all, I promise you, that kid's gonna sit down in front of you, and it's like, I want to, I want to own my own taco truck and be a doctor, and you know, sail the seven seas. And you're just like, oh my, where do I even start with this kid? What do I do? What do I say? How do I make this conversation go the way I want it to? You know, um, I think another thing too is just the ability to um, be mentally resilient. Um, you know, Marines are creatures that don't often get told no, especially NCOs, right? You're going to get told no every day. Um, it just is what it is. You're also going to get disrespected. Uh, unfortunately, it's just that it is what it is. You have to be able to say, ah, okay, and just let it roll off so you can go on to the next. Um, um, go the extra mile, I think, is is a big thing. Um, I set out to be my recruiter when I went on recruiting. I was like, I'm going to be Sergeant Hogan. He's first Sergeant Hogan now. Um, I, I'm going to be him. Uh, and I remember uh, once I started trying to do the things that I remember he did for me uh, and just for all the you know the kids I enlisted with, I didn't really realize like how much time, number one, that takes. And number two, like like you're, you're fully, you're in it, you're devoted. This guy, I, I, I texted him within my first couple of months out there and I was like, I just want to thank you for everything you did for us. Because I never realized yeah. how much you were doing, you know, in the, in the background, um, all the things he was doing for us. And then, you know, all the stuff you don't see as a poolie that you have to do as a recruiter um, drive time and, you know, going to do PCs at eight o'clock at night, you know, and, and talking to parents and things like that. So I, I think I think going the extra miles is, is just going to pay off for you in the long run. Um, yeah. involve, involve your family, too. If you have a family, involve them as much as you can, because uh, I think the big thing, because uh, obviously spouses and recruiting duty, you know, that's that, that's constant conversation but i think a lot of times uh it goes back to effective communication skills we don't communicate to our spouse like what we're doing and they don't understand the purpose behind why you're doing this why are you going to go get this birth certificate for this kid three counties over at like nine o'clock at night you know or something stupid like that And it's like well this kid is poor you know you, you just know the name you don't know the person this kid's really poor uh he's in a bad situation he needs to get out of here and i'm just trying to help him out you know um yeah. and that was a big thing it really really helped me it was just involving my family every step of the way introducing yeah, them to pulleys and parents bro so- my
0: wife my wife knew every single pulley in the office yep. she knew their parents we if i ever had pcs my wife went with me to pcs Yeah, my that a couple times like, dude my like literally i involved my wife with everything bro my wife would do we would do barbecues we would do saturday yep. like my wife would make food for the whole office like she would come by with my kids like it was and that's the thing too man is having a good pool program and it's like you were talking about earlier man Is just having you once you have everything encompassed and working for you and all the programs are working for you you truly get to love the duty and that's yeah. like, you know and, and that's kind of you know and that's what I want to end on really is just like that's my whole purpose for doing these episodes and doing the doing the podcast was for me, all I ever heard was negativity about the duty. I've never heard positivity. I've never heard good things like you're talking about. And, and for me, it's like, for me, it's effed up because every time I go to, like, an I&I unit, um, a reserve unit, I always see their sergeant major, the first sergeant, or the company gunny. And they always have their drill instructor wall with all their different knickknacks. And I'm like, you never see that? about no. recruiting duty you know no. nobody ever proudly walks around like yeah man i fucking killed it on the streets for three years and that was the best fucking part of my Marine Corps career but yet drill instructors have this fucking like pride about them and it's like yeah. to me it's like I, I i want it like that shit should fucking change like it, yeah. it, like it's, and it's bothersome to me that everybody who's on recruiting duty, I, I can't say everybody, but nine out of 10 people who are on recruiting duty are literally biding time to get the fuck off of it. And they're like, I can't wait till it's over. This is the worst time of my life. And uh, you know, I think it's, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think there just needs to be a lot more work put in. I mean, um, from the command standpoint, maybe, because I feel like there's just, you know, like there's no reason. It's a, it's a, there's, a line, you know. Because like the army, they have, hey, you can only work eight to five, but then they don't make mission and they fucking their numbers are trash. So it's like, it's like, what the fuck do you do? You know what I mean?
1: I think, uh, I think a big reason for you know maybe the stress that you feel, uh, can be a couple reasons, but I think I think the the overarching reason is just we're we're so small. And uh, 70% of the Marine Corps exits after four years, um, which – and we're also the youngest branch service uh, as far as, like, age-wise at the typical Marine on active duty is anywhere between uh, – it's, like, 21 and 24 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, dude to do it for a couple of years, get everything that we promised them when they sat in the chair at the RSS, and then they get out and they, they are they are exactly what the Marine Corps is supposed to do you know the three three main goals make marines win battles and return quality citizens um and they do those things and, I, and but i think that's the compounding uh side of why recruiting at least for the marine corps is stressful because we're
0: that's um, true i never you know what i
1: never thought about it like that i'm glad that, yeah. you put that. i never thought about it like that yeah and I, I think uh that that's the overarching um portion is um uh and i you know the the manpower model the way it's set up is uh is not based off of, uh, um, retention because retention, you're obviously retaining, you know, someone past their first four years, the recruiting and accession model, uh, at least the way I understand it is to, to meet that, um, the PFC and Lance corporal that's, you know, ever abundant in the Marine Corps and replacing that guy, um, a year or two years out, you know, um, and also just kind of keeping the Marine Corps going. Around. I used to tell parents and kids this all the time that you know America doesn't need a Marine Corps, America wants a Marine Corps. And we get the privilege to to be Marines and the privilege to sustain the Marine Corps. Um so I think that's that's another reason that that it might be a little bit more stressful than the uh average experience of say an army or air force recruiter, <laughs> um, is they're they're not fighting to keep their, their branch around and we are, you know, we we America wants it and I think we we need it, you know what I mean. So, um, and I think another issue could be area. So take a take a recruiter in RS San Diego, you know, they're, uh, they're they probably have a lot more time to develop pool and things like that because they're not necessarily, um, you know, they're not they're not going ten miles and not seeing a single house, you know, yeah. with open, open fields and farms. You know, there's two million people in a uh, one hundred square mile radius. It's 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 different. Um, and I think that in certain areas across America, especially like I'll take Albany, for example, you know, we're so spread out. It's it's hard to I think that's probably one of the hardest R S S to recruit out of. But also um, it's full of hidden gems and just people that um, there's propensity there. You know what I mean? Like there's you just it's going out and finding people to just talk to that's that's the problem and i think i think a lot of rs's across america probably experience the same thing it's just there's not a lot of density in population and it's it's difficult for them. that's why you always see fort lauderdale and san diego and uh new york city and all these places killing it because there's a large population density yeah. um but then you run into issues like kids being dq'd like in all day in, yeah all day every day so. <laughs>
0: but no i get it man so um for the listeners- if you want more product knowledge, you got to ask the questions and be specific on what product knowledge you're looking for. You got to search for the product knowledge, and then one thing you can also do is go in your interview log mm-hmm. and certain um, put it by benefit tag, so you can see what benefit tag your issue is. Like when you're when you have your non-committals, okay, what benefit tag am I not good at? Knowing the product knowledge that I need to know. Okay, well, I got to work on that. You know, if you're not good at educational benefits, then maybe you need to learn more about educational opportunity. You know, maybe you need to learn more about that. Maybe you need to dive into the vabenefits.com. You need to go into that. You need to find out, hey, what does it take for me to go to all these colleges in my AO and what are they looking for? So um, that's really all I got. Um, And then as far as AC canvassing, be hungry. Um, area canvassing, be hungry, be get uncomfortable, and just talk to everybody you can pack them out, follow up with them, try to get a same day appointment. Stop trying to freaking, you know, set appointments for Monday on Friday, like bro. Just get a same day, you know, do what you gotta do. Um, don't have you know, lower your no show rate. But, um, you know, um, do you have anything that you want to leave us with? Any pieces of advice? Any, anything at all before we, before
1: we capped us off? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the biggest thing, kind of going back to what I said before, is, you know, uh, don't care, like just uh, do do you, do the best to be the person that you're supposed to be. Um, always uh, take care of the kids. See, that's really all, what it's all about in the long run. And honestly, just try and have fun with it. It's going to be difficult at times, but you can either sit there and be in the swamp of sadness or you can, you know, make it fun for yourself. Yeah. So. That's it, man.
0: Don't don't care. Do you be you, and that's the biggest thing, especially when it comes to area canvassing. Is people can see right the fuck through you, especially yeah. these young ass kids. So these young ass kids know that that's not who you are. So if you're a geek and you're nerding it up, then bro, you're gonna recruit people that are you. You're going to recruit you. That is the reality of it. You're gonna look at you're gonna look at your all of your pulleys, and they're all gonna look just like you, and they're all gonna have the same mannerisms as you maybe once in a while they'll be a little different, but nine times out of ten, if you're emo, you're going to recruit emo kids. If you're a hip-hop rap star and you're confused with life, you know, you're going to do that. If you're a rocks, whatever you are, that's what you're going to recruit. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a good point to take a look at people's, and I'm thinking about my pool right now, uh, if I had all of them standing in front of me, and uh, you could probably see where I started off and where, and where I ended. You know, where yeah. I started off with kids like me, but then by the time I ended, I had three sport athletes. I had cheerleaders. I had yeah. uh, nerdy kids. I had band kids. Yep. I had, you I grow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so get the, get the product knowledge, learn how to AC from everybody around you, pick their brains, learn from them. Um, And then if you have any more questions, be a little bit more, you know, because for me, this Facebook page, it's an awesome tool, but people just say like a one-liner and that's it. It's like, let's get into the actual discussion of it. Okay. What did you hate and what did you do to change it? What did you hate? What could you have done to change it? Did you actually change it or did you just bitch about it? And then what are you doing to help the person on the streets now? Um, so thanks for coming out, man. I really appreciate you, um, you know, listening. I appreciate you talking to us and um, I hope everything, you know, goes well with you in your future endeavors and the, car- the rest of your career. And um, good luck, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. Peace out.